Hello kids, welcome to another episode of Grit and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. My name is Harley Vasquez, and this week I gave my co-host, M. Fear, the week off, because we are talking about Canadian wrestling. My home nation, the great country of Canada, spotlighted this week on the show, and I, frankly, I just didn't want to have to spend half the show explaining to M, like, what, why we call it a toonie, or what a double-double is, or what the May 2-4 long weekend is. It's just too much with Americans sometimes. So, keeping things simple. Found somebody, well, mm, but you but you are American, aren't you? I'm American and I'm Canadian, so I got best oh, of both worlds. Dual citizenship. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> I'm joined this week by a first-time guest here on the show. His name is John Manning. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm very excited to talk about wrestling. Uh, we've been like social media followers, I guess, of each other for a while. I don't remember. Oh, my God. I meant to look this up before, and I totally didn't. And so I'm going to do this live on the show like a schmuck. I'm like, did I ever interview you? You did once for um, your Tumblr. You interviewed me um, for my record label, Lost Sound Tapes, and uh, it was a good time. Sure enough, I have found the post. Um, my record label, which is now defunct, I had a series of interviews that I would do on uh, my, on our label blog on different topics. I did a whole series where I interviewed bedroom pop musicians. I did a series where I interviewed um, illustrators and graphic designers. And I did a series where I was talking to people who also ran independent labels just to pick their brains and find out like what's the haps and at the time tumblr tells me seven years ago wow that long seven years ago well, my final question for you was what do you see as being the role of an indie label in 2015 <laughs> what did i say <laughs> these days i feel like independent labels exist to serve as inspiration for other bands labels and music fans to show them hey you can do it too yeah i stand by that yeah, I stand by that too. I wouldn't. I never would. My label never amounted to much other than you know fun little hobby. But I would never would have started my label if it wasn't for specifically for Yay Records out of Oxnard, California, and We Pop out of England. Those two just hit me at like the right age in my early twenties when I was really absorbing all that sort of stuff and inspired me to start my own thing. And 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 all this translates to indie wrestling because it's the same thing. There's so much crossover. I talk about it all the time with anyone who will listen, honestly. People that I go to local wrestling events with, I just, I, it's a lot of times musicians that I'm going with because that's a lot of the people that I'm friends with and I hang out with. And, um, you know, the more you look into it, the more correlation you find. Yeah, so that's the thing is, I guess, I mean, I, how long? Start from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> You're living in Vancouver right now. You're originally from the Pacific Northwest, Portland, Seattle. Uh, I lived in Seattle for about ten years. I was, I grew up in Southern California, going to shows in Hollywood and things like that. And as soon as I graduated high school, I moved up to Seattle, and uh, I've been in Canada now for ten years. Okay, so that's a decent. Yeah, you were in Canada when I talked to you then, the last time. What brought you here? Went through a bad breakup and thought, you know, it's time to get out of town just to, you know, clear the head. 
and um, I had recently found out that I could get Canadian citizenship through my mom, who was born in Newfoundland, and uh, so I went through the process, filing paperwork, and I uh, got my proof of citizenship. And so you brought the label with you. When, when did you start Lost Sound Tapes? Uh, I started Lost Sound Tapes in 2005. So it's been it's been a little bit now. It's been, you know, about 18 years. <laughs> Coming up in 20 years. And that what came, uh, I'm guessing your bands came first, right? Blanket Truth and the others? Yes. So I started the label to release my own music because I... Honestly, I didn't really know what I was doing, and I was just had a lot of enthusiasm. And uh, I started recording some songs myself um, on some tape recorders. I had a, a roommate who taught me that if you got two tape recorders that you could record on one, you could play it back and then play along to the recording while hitting record on a second boombox. And... Uh, I thought that was super fun, really cool idea. Um, it gets pretty noisy and um, a lot of tape hiss or room noise and things like that um, if you do too many times back and forth. But um, I was just really inspired and excited to create my own thing because I was such a music fan myself. So, um, you know, I had a couple friends who introduced me to the bands uh, The Mountain Goats and Cassio Tone for the Painfully Alone, and I thought, you know what? I feel like I feel like I could do something like this. And, uh, yeah, that's what really got me going. It's such a fine line. I had that with the cartoonist John Porcelino. I was like, there's so, there were so many times where I'd find a comic or something or a novel or a zine that I loved. And I was like, this is so good. I could never do this. But then sometimes, somehow, like the Mountain Goats, brilliant. Cassio Tone, brilliant. But still accessible in that way. Still in a way where it's like, this is incredible, but I, but I think I could do this. Or, or I have to do this. If I don't do this, like part of me is going to suffer. For sure. And part of it was... Um... I felt like there was quite a bit of a barrier to entry when it came to music. And I thought that I either didn't have the skills, I didn't have the equipment uh, to do it. And the Mountain Goats early recordings are recorded direct to boombox, you know, played live, recorded to tape. And I also heard Cassio Tone for the Painfully Alone um, answering machine songs for gosh we'll have to look at what the name is again but um, the first album that was recorded to answering machines so I thought wow these are really accessible ways to create music and um, I thought why not give it a shot so how long have you been a wrestling fan I've been a wrestling fan since I was probably 10 years old, and I'm 38 now. Um, I had a little bit of time in the middle there where I wasn't really following it along. I think a lot of people, um, you know, sort of got disillusioned by the, you know, WWE-only situation for a bit, and 
kind of <laughs> the unsavory aspects of wrestling where you're like, I don't know if I really jive with this anymore. Um, and then it was probably 2018, 2019 um, that I got back into starting to watch wrestling again. Um, I heard about all the great matches that Kenny Omega was having in Japan, and I thought, you know, that sounds really interesting. Um, let me check that out. And I was just, I was blown away. I was immediately hooked again, and it tapped back into that um, excitement that I had for professional wrestling. That's a very, like, very similar story to my uh, my regular co-host, uh, Emily, is she and I also both 38 years old, and she was into wrestling, like, for a, for a brief period as a teenager, but it was so misogynistic and so, like, not cool for, especially for girls to like, that she tapped out. And it was the Golden Lovers, Kenny and Ibushi, that, like, got her back into wrestling. And now, here we are running a show, a podcast every week, and going to sponsoring independent wrestling with our shows and going to count the shows and the, the power of Kenny. For sure. Um, in this past January, uh, I went to see AEW Dynamite um, in Seattle, and it was such a good time. Uh, it was wild seeing it in person, and we were maybe eight rows back or something, um, kind of on the, the side of the entryway, so we had really good seats. Um, yeah, it was a blast. But growing up, I would say, like, I was definitely more of a WCW fan <laughs> in the Monday Night Wars, um, if I had to pick a side. Um, I was a huge fan of Sting, and really early on, I was a fan of, like, Diamond Dallas Page and Jim Duggan and, and things like that. I would be excited every day or like every week to to watch those shows on Monday night and wait and see if like, oh, are they going to go over this week? Are they going to do, you know, a special segment that goes 20 minutes longer than it usually does or something? And that was that sort of unpredictability really tapped into like my excitement and kind of had a sports feel to it, like um, AEW is trying to to bring into wrestling again. Yeah, so these days you watch AEW. You, do you follow New Japan at all? I do. I mostly watch the the pay-per-views. Um, I don't watch it on a week-to-week basis, but uh, I really do enjoy it when I watch. And then independent wrestling. You've been going to shows in the Vancouver area. Yes. Uh, there are quite a few promotions locally um, in Vancouver and the surrounding area. Um, NEW is one of them. Um, I'm not sure if people say NEW or new. I've, I've kind of heard both. Um, and then there's also Boom Wrestling, which uh, takes place at the Legion uh, on Commercial Drive in Vancouver. And that's definitely one of the more DIY events. And I think that it's closely tied to uh, the Lionsgate Dojo. And then I've also been to some WrestleCore events. And those usually take place at uh, the Rickshaw 
um, in downtown east side Vancouver. Yeah, this week we are going to be taking a spotlight on Nation Extreme Wrestling out of Vancouver. Um, I assumed it was just pronounced new because like when you have initials that spell something, you say it. But then in a lot of the matches that we watched for this week's episode, they were saying N-E-W. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know about that. I guess it's your promotion. You would know better than I would. But it, it seems like it should be the new champion, not the N-E-W. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I usually say N-E-W like A-E-W or... N-E-Dub, like the ECW fans. <laughs> Maybe I should start that chant the next match. Whatever you want to call it, Nation Extreme Wrestling, they've only been around for less than two years, but they have been really doing a decent, like a, a really good job with women's wrestling. I was going to say decent, but that's not fair. Compared to the promotions we have out here in Toronto, they've been doing a terrific job with women's wrestling. They often have more than one match per show. They have some of the top women in Canada wrestling for the promotion, bringing them in, bringing in outside talent like Miyu Mashta and Maki Ito and Maxine Paler. So we chose five women's matches from NEW to talk about this week. And I thought it would also sort of tell the history of the promotion because, like I said, they haven't been around a year and a half. So the history of NEW starts in the summer of 2020 with the Speaking Out movement. The Speaking Out movement, as those of us who were there at the time remember, just completely like blew up and people were speaking up of their traumatic experiences in the history of pro wrestling with wrestlers, with promoters, with different individuals. As a result, a lot of promotions shut down. Promotions like Chikara packed up the doors, wrestlers like Marty Skrull, more or less retired from wrestling. I think he's still out there, but um, guys like uh, Joey Ryan, you know, never returned to wrestling. In amongst all of this speaking out, a bunch of wrestlers at Vancouver promotion ECCW came forward and denounced the promotion for having a a history and like a culture of bullying. And specifically, head booker and co-owner Jeff Duncan accusing him of sexual harassment, inappropriate texts with underage girls, things of that sort. This was, it was principally two former wrestlers who had retired because of this behavior and given up on wrestling, who had come forward and called out the ECCW staff. And ECCW at this time in 2020 is the biggest promotion in Vancouver. It's been around since 1996. It's the largest promotion in Canada, west of Ontario. It's literally like their first ECCW women's champion was Becky Lynch when she was 18. Uh, ECCW is where Natalia and Emma and Nicole Matthews and Chelsea Green all wrestled early on in their career. It's a, it was a landmark promotion in Canada and a real staple for women's wrestling in Canada. So these accusations come out against co-owner Jeff Duncan. The other owners say that he's been removed from the team. But most of the wrestlers say, well, it's too little, too late. You knew about this. You enabled his behavior. Something should have been done a long time ago. This isn't it. In solidarity with the victims, active champions Judas Icarus and Travis Williams walk out on the promotion and say we're done and we won't be working with them anymore. So do Liza Hall, Randy Myers, and a bunch of others. And sure enough, within a couple 
weeks or months, that's it. ECCW is closed. They've never run another show. What this does, though, is it leaves a real hole in the Vancouver wrestling scene because, as I said, this was the biggest promotion in Vancouver and it's where a lot of the top talent wrestled. And we actually, I remember in the year between ECCW closing and NEW opening the following summer, we interviewed Nicole Matthews here on the podcast and she talked about that, about how, like, we're really struggling to find places to wrestle right now. There's not that many options here. And, it, and not to mention this is also... COVID-19 pandemic. Summer 2020 is a couple of months into the COVID pandemic, so wrestling has shut down altogether as it is. So one year later, July 2021, Nation Extreme Wrestling is announced. And from the start, they, their inaugural roster includes a ton of former ECCW wrestlers, including Judas Icarus, Travis Williams, Liza Hall, and Nicole Matthews. Now, NEW is owned by Rob Fye and Chris Perry. Perry is a former journalist who founded Equity Guru, quote, a small cap stock market investment information outlet. I don't, I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? Small cap usually means a smaller business, like a smaller market cap. Okay, this is all over my head. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a stock. Yeah, a stock I'm barely keeping track of that part I, I would assume that he's the money guy in the pair who's who started new and the other half is rob Fye. Fye is a sports broadcaster he's been covering basketball and baseball professionally since the late 90s he's even been inducted into the vancouver canadians broadcasting journalism hall of fame and he's also trained a barber according to his website <laughs> so Fye and perry begin talking about their love of wrestling they talk about maybe doing a documentary or a docu-series on the history of indie wrestling in the Pacific Northwest. And they said, kind of within like the span of a couple of days, this leads to the idea of them starting their own promotion. They call their promotion NEW. NEW debuts September 11th, never forget, 2021, with an afternoon show and an evening show in Vancouver. The afternoon show only features one women's match, but it's a hell of a match. It's Nicole Matthews versus Veda Scott, and it's the main event. The evening show also features Nicole Matthews and Veda Scott in action, competing in singles action against, respectively, Jackie Lee and Daniel Maccabe. So right away from their second show, or the first half, the second half of their first show, depending on how you want to frame it, NEW has made it clear, like, intergender wrestling is something that will happen here in our promotion. In complete honesty, there's not a lot of history to tell with NEW, so maybe we'll take some sidetracks here and there. John, you said that you've taken your wife to a couple of independent wrestling shows. She's not a wrestling fan, but she's gone with you for the Larks. Same with my wife. How does she feel about intergender wrestling? You know, it is not even a topic that was broached. It was just like, this is professional wrestling and everyone is excited to be involved. Yeah, because we're living in the age of, like, nobody nobody thinks wrestling is quote-unquote real anymore. We know it's a performance between two individuals. It's just, the only reason I bring it up because is because there are still so many people in this day and age who are, like, offended by intergender wrestling or don't, like, you know, AEW doesn't do it, WWE doesn't do it. So many of these larger promotions are just, like, seemingly afraid of it when you go to see a play or a ballet or 
figure skating, any other of these other art forms where two individuals are working together and you constantly see men and women on stage together and it's not a question or a big deal at all. Yeah, I think that when it comes to the major promotions, it seems like um, sponsorships have a lot to do with that. I imagine um, just the public perception of having their brand associated with something that looks like a man beating up a woman at times. And I think that's the biggest part of it. Yeah, we've heard that, quote, Mattel won't let won't let WWE do intergender wrestling. And so they'll continue to tease it with people like Rhea Ripley, but they won't fall through on it. Which, again, is just like, it's weird because it's like, aren't you guys like sponsoring like all the Marvel movies? Aren't we seeing like Black Widow throwing fists? with dudes in those movies what's the difference <laughs> right i don't know it's it's a it's a sore point for us here at grid and glitter <laughs> <laughs> i believe it but anyway so the new one the first show they have a couple of intergender matches it's clear this is a promotion that does embrace this one month later october of 2021 they run their second event this time it's a two-day event over saturday and sunday Saturday, they crowned the first NEW Tay Team Champions. It's a four-way match between four all-male teams. But that card also features a three-way match between Sloan, Liza Hall, and Rhea Von Slasher, and also features Judas Icarus versus Nicole Matthews. So, again, Nicole Matthews has had three matches in NEW now, and two of them have been against men. And then on the Sunday show, we get Liza Hall taking on Angelica. So, another thing that I that I really like here is we've had two shows, four shows, however you want to frame it, and we've had one, two, three, four, five, six different women booked on those shows. There are so many promotions, especially independent promotions, especially ones that are just starting out, they'll book just one women's match per show, or and it'll usually be the same woman every month. So it's like, this is our woman, and each month we'll find a guest for her to compete against. But by the second show, NEW has made it clear, like on the second show, they have six women in competing in three different matches. Yeah, I think that I'm a bit spoiled because NEW was the first local wrestling show that I went to. Yeah, and that's not I, that's not always the case. I've got a promotion out here in Toronto, which is probably the largest indie promotion in Canada. And they do one women's match per month. That's it. And when the tickets are as expensive as they are, I don't usually go because I'm like, I'm not paying that much for like one mat- one women's match and a bunch of guys that are very similar in look and gimmick. <laughs> New 3 happens again a month later, November of 2021. This time it's a two-day event, but it's spaced five days apart, which is kind of weird. I don't know how they chose the numbering. For these, like I'm like, if you do one show on a Saturday and the following sh- another show on a Thursday, the following Thursday, it's not really the same show. Those are two different <laughs> shows. But new three is notable because they introduced the chase for the championship, a tournament to crown a new singles champion. It's a 16-person tournament. Unfortunately, Nicole Matthews is the only woman invited to be a part of the tournament. Good news is she doesn't get eliminated in the first round like a lot of other promotions would do. Saturday, they have the opening round. Nicole goes over Evan Rivers. Five minutes later, on December 2nd, they have the second round. 
In the second round, in the quarterfinals match, our first match on our playlist, Nicole Matthews versus Artemis Spencer, her husband. That's right, husband versus wife in the quarterfinals of the tournament. I haven't I haven't seen this match yet, and I'm I'm excited about it. The shows that you've been to for them, have they all been at the Commodore Ballroom? No. Um, there's There was one that I went to the Commodore Ballroom. There was one um, on Granville Island at, I can't remember what it was called. I believe it was NEW 12 or, no, NEW 11 was the one on Granville Island. Um, but for the most part, um, the Commodore is sort of like their home base, and then occasionally they'll have uh, shows elsewhere. Yeah, so this this match, Nicole versus Spencer, is early days. They're at the Studio Nightclub. You ever- I have not. No, it's weird. It's It looks like it's a nightclub, but that makes it like a weird venue for wrestling. The ring, I swear, is a lot smaller than the ring will be for them later on. Like, it looks like if you lie down, you can touch both sides. Mm. <laughs> and it's sort of, like, pressed up right up against the production booth. So on the hard cam side, you see a couple of guys behind the production booth. And on the left and right side of the ring, you have brick walls. There's, like, no ringside area. You can't walk around ringside. You're not doing any suicide dives <laughs> in this venue. It's wow. It's very interesting. Um, that said... Even from the early days, production, really good. The video quality is nice. It's well lit. You can hear the crowd really well, even though you can't see any of the crowd because they're only on one side of the ring. And this one's a good match. Like, obviously, anytime you get siblings in the ring together or, like, a romantic couple, obviously it's a good match. They know each other very well. It's a lot of mat work and ground-based work because... You literally can't go outside the ring. <laughs> but it, but they have a lot of fun with it. The big move of the match, arguably, is Nicole's lined across the top rope, and Spencer hits her with a senton while she's on the top rope, uh, causing her to like fall but hang by the back of her, her knee. And then in the end, she catches him with a roll-up and a hook of the tights. In 10 minutes and 57 seconds to advance in the tournament to crown the first new champion. Also on the card at new three, we got Casey Spinelli defeating Liza Hall. We got Nicole Matthews in the semifinals losing to Elliot Tyler, unfortunately. And we had our first mixed tag, Illa Tribe taking on Adam Ryder and Taryn from accounting. In the end, Travis Williams became the first NEW champion. But Nicole Matthews was in the tournament. She'd make it to semifinals. Unfortunately, since this show, new three, no woman has challenged for the title since then. Um, which we'll get to. There's, a reason, there's probably a reason for that, I guess. January 2022 rolls around. It's supposed to be new for their debut in the Commodore Ballroom, but pandemic restrictions have shifted. Things are looking dicey again in the early days of 2022, and so they end up postponing the event to June. Instead, they move ahead with new five, and they announced that it will be the first show of 2022. Now, January 12th of 2022, they put out a press release touting their women's division, which is very interesting because I can't tell if they followed up with this or if it's still, maybe you can tell me if they are still doing this. They put out this big press release saying 
that they're going to have their women's division be split into two groups, East and West. The West group will feature British Columbia wrestlers, Nicole Matthews, Liza Hall, Bambi Hall, Cat Power, Izzy McQueen, Rhea Von Slasher, and Sloan. The East group will feature wrestlers from outside British Columbia. Casey Spinelli, Sumi Sakai, Taryn from Accounting, Zoe Sager, Taylor Rising, Ava Lawless, and Angelica. The division will be points-based, with points determined based on how many wins you have, how you win your matches, how long your matches are. Wrestlers also lose points if they're disqualified in matches. And all of this point system will help determine the number one contenders, I guess, for the new women's championship, which is being introduced at the next show. They put out this big press release in January 2022. I haven't found any discussion about any of this points stuff or any of these East and West divisions since. Is this the first time you've heard about this? Yeah, that's the first time I've heard of it. And I've seen most of those people wrestle on NEW shows, and there was no mention of that. Yeah, I get the feeling. I get the feeling they like were really excited about this for like a month. Like this is going to be really cool. We'll do this whole point system. It'll be like really fun. And then the practicality of it kind of tapered off. I feel like AEW has done that too. In the early days, they really said like, we've got this ranking system, and they were talking about they would like announce the rankings every week on TV and use it to determine the number one contenders. And I don't think they really do that so much anymore. I think it might have been at the start of this year of 2023 that they sort of quietly announced that they were going to be moving away from the ranking system, at least as like a hard and fast situation. Yeah, so I think everybody has to learn at some point that, you know, as much fun as we might have calculating points and watching rankings and stuff in something like baseball or basketball, it's not the greatest tool for wrestling. So I don't know. I, don't, I guess this East-West thing never went anywhere, but they're they're excited about it for the time at the time. Was it maybe just for a specific tournament of some kind? I, I really I really don't know. I couldn't find <laughs> any more information about this other than, than this press release, which is still on their Twitter. Regardless, they got their first show of 2022. It was February 25th. It was NEW five. And they announced that they are doing a NEW Women's Championship Tournament. I am of two minds of this. On the one hand, I'm like, you've already established that you do intergender promotion, intergender wrestling in your promotion. You've already had Nicole Matthews compete in the tournament to crown the first new singles champion. So why do we need a women's championship? Why can't we just have the women challenge for that title? I'm always in favor of fewer titles, the better. One single title, one take title, I'm like, that's ideal, especially for a small promotion that only runs once a month. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I I do really like Nicole Matthews as the NEW Women's Champion, um, but I can see where you're coming from, for sure. Yeah, I guess they would argue that it gives more exposure. It gives you more reason to have women on the card. You can do more women's specifically matches because... They have something to fight out. You know, if you almost treat it like a mid-card title in that way, except for the fact that since the first new men's championship tournament concluded with Nicole Matthews being in the tournament, no woman has challenged that title since. And then there's always the thing of like, 
why is this called the new women's championship, but that's just called the new championship. Right. Yeah. That's called the new a... men's championship or call them, you know, give them fun names. Like in stardom, they call them the world of stardom and the wonder of stardom, you know? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, just a little thing that wrinkles me, but I'll forgive it because with this same show, they make it clear that like, they care about women's wrestling. This isn't. It's a. It's a four-woman tournament. It's Sumi Sakai, Ring of Honor legend, going over Nicole Matthews in the opening round, as well as Casey Spinelli going over Taya Valkyrie in the opening round. But on the same show, we get Maxine Paler versus Rhea Von Slasher. We get a three-way with Bambi Hall, Zoe Sager, and Taryn from Accounting. We get Cat Power and Taylor Rising teaming with a couple of dudes in tag team action. So, again, on this one show, we get 10, 10 women and one non-binary wrestler, which is huge for a promotion of this size. Yeah, I think something that definitely drew me to, to NEW was the, the diversity of the roster. As I said, it was Sumi Sakai and Casey Spinelli advancing to the finals of the new Women's Championship Tournament taking us into new six, April of 2022. On that show, Casey Spinelli, two scoops, Casey Spinelli defeats Sumi Sakai to become the first NEW women's champion. Also on the card, Nicole Matthews versus Zoe Sager, Cat Power versus Ava Lawless, and Liza Hall versus Viva Van. Co-owner Chris Perry says, quote, We've been dead set since the beginning of the company in ensuring women's matches are an important part of every show and that we develop the local women's scene by bringing in whoever we can to really test them. So someone like Sumi Sakai, she comes in for a couple of shows here. I don't think she's been back since. She's, and I feel like she's retiring this summer, I think she said. But we see with Maxine Paler, we see with Chelsea Green and Miyu Yamashita that they have been making a real effort of spotlighting a lot of local women but also bringing in outside people as well to get some, sell some tickets, but also elevate the local people as well. Because even if you lose, losing to someone like a Chelsea Green, you gain a lot of credibility. Absolutely. May 2022, NEW presented Lucha Libre, A Night of Mexican Wrestling, their first Cinco de Mayo show, featuring luchadors, mariachi music, tacos, all that stuff. And then NEW7 was May 2022, featuring Nicole Matthews versus Taylor Rising, Zoe Sager versus Izzy McQueen, and Casey Spinelli defending her women's championship successfully for the first time over Taryn from Accounting. Now, June 2022 is when things really pick up. So we've got our women's championship. Nicole Matthews, or sorry, Casey Spinelli is the champion at the time. She's had one defense under her title. And we're heading into New For Life, June 2022. We get a big gauntlet match on the show to determine number one contender, in which Cat Power, also Canadian legend, goes over Liza Hall, Bambi Hall, Izzy McQueen, Rhea Von Slasher, and Viva Van in a gauntlet match. This is notable because Cat Power earns a title shot. Also, we get the start of a rivalry between the Hall sisters, Liza and Bambi. And in the main event, for the first time, it is the women's championship, Nicole Matthews, Casey Spinelli, and Chelsea Green 
in a three-way TLC match. You were not uh, attending any W shows yet at this point, but you have seen this one. I have seen it, yes. They they played it um, before one of the NEW events that I went to, and uh, I watched the whole thing, and as I was watching it, I was like, this match is wild! This is so good! Um, yeah, it's, it's a really exciting match. Um, there's so many fun spots, and um, it's 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 quality like it's it's solid um you know all three of the wrestlers hold their own very well and um what did you think about it yeah so we're in the commodore ballroom for this one which means we've got some decent size we got a lot of people in the crowd we've got fans at ringside that we can see maybe maybe a little too close because at one point spinelli's trying to put the ladder in the ring and the girls in the front row are like dodging out of the way from not getting clocked in the face and yeah it's a t- it's a three-way tlc match you know they fight in the crowd they're fighting up on the stage and uh slamming each other into the bar we get uh chelsea giving nicole an unprettier off the apron through spinelli who's lying on a table at ringside we get that's my favorite spot of that match yeah, that's a, that's a really nice one. And it, you, I always love a bump where, like, I love when one person does a move to somebody onto somebody else. That's a classic mm-hmm. spot. <laughs> we get Chelsea being knocked off the ladder and crotched on the top rope. And in the end, we get Nicole Matthews and Chelsea Green powerbombing the champ off a ladder through a table leaving Nicole and Chelsea to fight on the ladder. Nicole punches her off, and Nicole Matthews grabs the championship in 18 minutes to become the second NEW Women's Champion. And then the show closes with Cat Power walking down a stage and saying, hey, I want a gauntlet. I got a title match coming my way. And the announcers really talk up like the history between Nicole Matthews and Cat Power, but also just their history in general, because they are... Our, I mean, I am not the most... Um, well versed in West Coast wrestling but from where I stand Nicole Matthews and Cat Power are like the two longest running biggest names in women's wrestling on the West Coast or in, you know in Vancouver right now yeah I think that's accurate uh, there's I want to say that there's an, another uh, spot that I'm a big fan of uh, in this match it's about halfway through about 13 minutes um, of Nicole Matthews giving Chelsea Green uh, a lion tamer on the stage. And uh, anytime someone busts out the lion tamer with the knee in the back, that's just, it pops me every time. Yeah, the fact, it's not a Boston crap. It's a lion tamer. You can tell the difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't mean to give a spoiler there saying that uh, Nicole Matthews would be the NEW champion. <laughs> but anybody who follows uh, or is even a little aware of NEW, she won the title here on June 24th, 2022. We're coming up on a year. She's still the champ. She is. She is. New 8 is August of 2022. You get Liza Hall versus Zoe Sager. You get Cat Power going over Izzy McQueen. You also get Jackie Lee versus Kid Bandit. Kid Bandit, a favorite here on the podcast. What I'll say about this is this was last August and 
as far as I can tell to date, this is the most recent intergender singles match NEW has had. They've had a couple of mixed tags since this point, but Jackie Lee and Kid Bandit is the last time uh, we've seen one-on-one intergender match in NEW. So I wonder, with this and with the introduction of the Women's Championship, that they're starting to pull away from intergender wrestling a bit as well. Mm. I think they're definitely. I definitely get the feeling that the uh, that the guys in charge, the owners, are like big AEW fans and are like sort of modeling themselves after AEW, like sort of following their lead in different ways. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Um, I I didn't have that in my mind, but um, now that you say it, um, it does make a lot of sense. That said, women's division continues to thrive on this show. NEW eight. Nicole Matthews defended her title for the first time in a three-way versus Bambi Hall and Taryn from Counting, and she was, of course, successful. This took us into September 22, new year one anniversary. The ninth NEW show is their one-year anniversary. They mentioned in a press release for this show that eight of the first nine NEW shows sold out. And... I feel like it's continued to be maybe not a sellout every single time, but close. The few shows you've been to, it's a packed house, right? Oh, yes. Um, all of the shows that I've been to for NEW have been sellouts. And the Commodore Ballroom is a large venue, right? I feel like bigger bands play there? Yes, for sure. It's definitely, I would say, one of the larger music venues, like... I'm not sure what I would compare it to, but I would say, for example, I just saw They Might Be Giants there. Okay, yeah. So that's uh, that, you know that's a that's a big name band. Come on, they had songs on Animaniacs. <laughs> that's how big they were. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. On the new year one anniversary card, it is Cat Power cashing in her title match from winning the gauntlet. It is Nicole Matthews versus Cat Power. A uh, quick side note, for those unfamiliar with Cat Power, this this isn't uh, Charlene Marshall. This is uh, a different Cat Power. <laughs> that said, this is arguably the real Cat Power. This is her real name. Her real legal birth name is Catherine Power. Yeah, it's great. And that was definitely um, something and someone who intrigued me when I started uh, checking out these local events. I was like, wow, there's a Cat Power Different cat power, obviously, but a cat power? Yeah. She's allowed to just steal her name. Well, <laughs> I guess Sting did. I guess you can just steal people's names. <laughs> <laughs> See, more and more music correlations every time we look. Yeah, but when I first looked up, I was like, that's a real name. A, that's a badass real name. Like, having the last name oh, power yeah. in general is fun, but like, give, specifically, specifically giving your daughter a name that can be shortened to just cat is terrific. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder oh. if she is a Cat Power fan, or if she just, like, resents her for taking the name first, and, like, when you Google, like, her name, the, the musician comes up first? That's a good question. Uh, I would say they have nothing in common other than a name. That's true, but I feel like they should, you know, they should work together. I, I, I want wrestler Cat Power to have a submission move called Crossbone Style. <laughs> Yes, yes. I want the announcers, like, anytime she does something really heelish, to be like, what would the community think? (laughs) 
Uh, I don't know if I should mention that next time I see her at a show or if I should not say that. <laughs> I'll, I'll at her when this episode comes out and say, hey, here's some pitches. <laughs> Excellent. So on the year one anniversary show, Nicole Matthews picks up the win over Cat Power in her second defense. Also on the show, we get a trios tag. Bambi Hall, Kid Bandit, and Zoe Sager versus Liza Hall, Taryn from Counting, and Taylor Rising. And also on the show, it's Giselle Shaw versus Maki Ito. This was Maki Ito's first match in Canada ever. You saw, did you see her second appearance? I did. And the first appearance that she had um, in Canada at NEW, that was pretty much the reason why I went to their next show is because a friend of mine who also runs a record label, uh, Tim Clapp, who does Kingfisher Blues Records, he posted some Instagram stories from that event. And I was like, Kid Bandit and Maki Ito in Vancouver? And uh, I knew I had to, to start going to these. Is Tim the Mute a wrestling fan as well? Uh, somewhat, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how deep, um, but we have been to a couple of the same events. Okay, I'm, I'm always, I always am fascinated when my indie music, indie pop, indie wrestling Venn diagram aligns. <laughs> <laughs> same. So on the show, Maki Ito picks up a win over Giselle Shaw in her Canadian debut. is supposed to be Maki Ito versus Chelsea Green, but scheduling conflicts forced Chelsea to pull out. Luckily, uh, Giselle Shaw stepped up, and that was a big, big moment for her. And also then, like, big as well to have Giselle Shaw and Kid Bandit on the same show, because, like, we've already had Maxine Paler on an earlier show. Now we have two trans women on the same card, which is really cool. For sure. Hi, you can shut the bedroom door if you want. Leading into New 10, October 2022, Nicole Matthews picks up another successful defense, this time over Rachel Allering. And Bambi Hall picks up another win over Gigi Ray and Vert Vixen in a three-way. It's also around this time, November 2022, that NEW announces they've secured a TV deal with TELUS. They'll have a show on TELUS starting in December, a weekly show, at first, it's going to include old matches, interviews, and more. But beginning in 2023, all NEW shows will be available to watch live in real time. I don't have cable, so I haven't followed up on this, on this myself. I also don't have cable and am not very clear how this works. <laughs> But they did announce it at that show, and they made quite a big deal about it. So it's definitely a big deal for them as a promotion. And uh, maybe it's just the first step of, of what's to come as far as their media rights and things like that. Yeah, one of the press releases I read said that they were the first promotion since like 2006 in Vancouver to get like a TV deal. So people of a certain age... The, the ones who still have cable are maybe uh, coming across NEW shows. <laughs> I hope so. 2022 was slated to end with the Boxing Day Bash. For you Americans, that's uh, the day after Christmas, December 26th. <laughs> it was a Boxing Day Bash, and it sounded like it was going to be a big one. It was going to be a doubleheader the, fir the first time since NEW won. 
Nicole Matthews was going to be challenging for the Tate titles. You had Liza Hall versus Judas Icarus in what would have been the first singles intergender match in a while. But like three days before the show, snowstorm hits. It's Canada. It's winter. Even in Vancouver, you can get a decent amount of snow. And so they end up canceling the Boxing Day bash and pushing things away. Yeah, I had tickets for that, um, and I just held on to my tickets for whenever it was going to be rescheduled, and uh, that didn't happen until February. All right, so there we go. We've reached the point of the story where John has entered the chat. (laughs) New 11, February 25th, 2023, only three months ago, folks, although it feels longer. New has taken four months off due to the winter, due to weather issues and all of that, but they were back on February 25th with a double header, first time since NEW1. In the afternoon, it was Cat Power versus Liza Hall and Nicole Matthews and Evan Rivers challenging Reloaded for the new Take Team titles, making Nicole Matthews the first woman to compete for the new Take titles. Did you go to both of these shows, afternoon and evening? I only went to the evening one, um, but my stepson, Sam, he went to both. And he's who I've been going to most of these events with. He and I uh, were the ones that went together to uh, NEW10, and we saw Reloaded win the Tag Team Championship against uh, State of Emergency, and it was a street fight, and... I think that the layout was the same as it was for that uh, TLC match with Casey Spinelli, Nicole Matthews, and Chelsea Green. Um, It was quite a wild match, especially since it was uh, the first time I had been to a local wrestling show. Uh, There were light tubes involved, there were tables... There were uh, there was a Pop Tarts box uh, full of Legos, um, which looked very painful. <laughs> we had someone take out the front row that was in front of us. We were in the second row uh, ringside, and uh, we went home with some some blood on our shoes. So we're like, "Wow, this is wild! We got to go to the next one." Uh, Sam actually told me, we're going to the next one, right? If not, I'm going by myself. So he was super jacked up and excited about it all. And in the same way that I was. Well, the evening of New 11 back in February, it was Nicole Matthews defeating Casey Spinelli one-on-one to retain the women's title in her fourth defense. And that also made Nicole the first wrestler in NEW to pick up 10 wins. A real landmark. So, like, I don't know... Do you know who they would consider the ace of NEW? Because I don't follow the men's wrestling at all. I only care about the women. Probably Evan Rivers. Okay. But Nicole is, like, definitely... She's in, can, she's in the conversation at this point. Oh, absolutely. She's the, um, only, she's the only person to have challenged for all the titles in NEW, and now she, the first first person to pick up 10 wins, and I want to say she's definitely had more successful defenses of the women's title than any of the men have had of the men's title, 
Although I think there's a take team that has had more defenses than her so far. Like Reloaded might have more defenses under their belt by now. Yeah, I was I was just saying of the uh, the men's wrestlers that you said you weren't following as much, but Nicole Matthews, um, I'm such a big fan, and she's probably my my favorite wrestler um, around here that I would go and and see at a live event. Also on NEW11, the sister versus sister rivalry comes to a head. It's Liza Hall versus Bambi Hall. Liza picks up a win here, but from what I've uh, heard, it was a little bit of a tainted victory. Yes, um, there was definitely some treachery in that match, and uh, it was immediately announced that there would be a rematch at the next NEW event, and uh, it would be a no-DQ match. And that takes us into NEW 12, March 24th. There are 943 fans in the Commodore Ballroom for this one. These are our next three matches on our playlist because, come on, look at these matches. <laughs> Nicole Matthews versus Miri Mashta for the NEW Women's Championship. Miyu Yamashita is what, in another sport, they might call a ringer. It's like, hey, you want a good match? Bring, bring her and you just put her against anybody. It'll be a good match. Put her against the best woman wrestler in Canada. Even better. And that's what we got. Yeah, that was a, a huge draw for, for this event. Um, there were three people from Japan that were were coming to Canada for for that one for NEW and uh, I I had seen some some clips of her skull kick and uh, I was I was pretty excited I had followed her uh, Miyu Yamashita on social media um, for a while before that and uh, was just getting super hyped and uh, it was just surreal to to see her wrestling in person and against Nicole Matthews that, like I said, I'm such a big fan of. Yeah, this was Miyu's Vancouver debut. There were, uh, as you would expect, a lot of kicks, a lot of kicking in this match. (laughs) (laughs) What surprised me in my research is that Nicole Matthews has only been to Japan once in 2011. She did three nights in uh, for the promotion Reina with Portia Perez wrestling as the Canadian Ninjas. But Matthew seems like somebody that like would have spent a lot of time in Japan. So I'm really surprised that she hasn't. Cause she she wrestles as if as if she has. And she wrestles at that extra the higher level that you is often reserved for Joshi wrestlers. <laughs> the ending to that match, um, it was it was exciting. It was there was a kind of a dragon sleeper out of nowhere and she just seemed like it was one of those times where a wrestler just gets caught and they gotta tap out and uh, Nicole Matthews retained yeah she does an STF but then turns it into like a dragon a dragon STF I guess and at first you think like okay she's got they're, they're close to the ropes she'll, she'll be able to grab the ropes with her hand or something new and then no she just passes out that's it referee drops the arm three times and nicole matthews still the champ 
And this is her her most recent defense to date. Also on the card, speaking of Joshi superstars, Maki Ito was back, this time taking on Cat Power. Uh, unlike Nicole Matthews, Cat Power, a lot of time in Japan, maybe more time in Japan than in Canada, honestly. She's wrestled for Reina, she's wrestled for Diana, she's done appearances for Stardom and Sendai Girls. Um, that's hence her nickname, the Joshi Slayer. And she's taking on Maki Ito, the cutest wrestler in the world. Yeah, this was something that I was really, really looking forward to. Um, I had seen Maki Ito wrestle multiple times um, on AEW, and I had also watched just some random matches on YouTube. And uh, I love the gimmick of her having an iron head. You know, you can't damage her if you hit her in the head. Um, she uses as a weapon with the Kokeshi, the, you know, the the falling headbutt maneuver. And um, before this match, or it was really at the, I think it was before the event really got started, there was someone uh, walking around handing out streamers uh, to everyone at ringside. Um, so they could, we could throw streamers into the ring, um, you know, either when the wrestlers entered or at the end of the match. So um, it was fun because I hadn't seen that before. And it, it truly just seemed like someone who was just a big fan. I wasn't sure if um, it was someone who was with Miyu, um, Yamashita and Maki Ito, or if it was just someone who was... Um, on their own, really excited about it. Um, but they specifically pointed out, you know, throw this one for Maki Ito, throw this one for Miyu Mashita, and uh, throw this one for Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always a treat when you get to see, like, Japanese wrestlers here in Canada or in your hometown. But then for Maki to come to Vancouver twice in the span of six months is really interesting too. But I guess it's because she's been doing a lot of stuff up the West Coast there with Defy and with some of the uh, like with GCW shows in California, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, and she picks up the win here. She gets a, she has a trio of DDTs, including a Tornado DDT and a Diving DDT off the second rope for the win over Cat Power which is interesting because they, the commentary points out, hey, she's 2-0 in NEW now, which you would think might put her in line for a title match down the line. That would be phenomenal. Um, I would love if she came back again soon. I was surprised that she uh, was on an NEW event again so soon after her first appearance. Um, I didn't think that I would have the fortune of, of seeing her in person um, so soon. Um but, yeah, it was a blast. And then our third women's match on NEW12 was the Hall sisters imploding. Bambi Hall, Liza Hall in a street fight. You know it's a street fight because Bambi's in her street fight gear. She's wearing jean shorts. She's got to sleeve the steep. That's a, that's a big popular thing around here on this podcast. Is we're like, if you're doing a street fight, you have to look like you're fighting on the street. And if you're doing a themed one, like if you're calling a Vancouver street fight, it has to be some, it has to be something Vancouver included. You know, you have to slap someone with a Nanaimo bar or something like that. 
um, well, there was the uh, Tim Bits box, or what looked like a Tim Bits box, that was full of thumbtacks. Yes, the crowd chanted Tim Bits because they thought that's what it was. And uh, no, it was <laughs> those colorful thumbtacks dumped out all over the table. Yeah, the that Tim Bits box was a definitely a star. Um, people were fixated on it, dying to know what was inside. Well, I actually went to a show here over the winter where Casey Spinelli was in a match that did involve Timbits. They dumped Timbits out in the ring and they body slammed somebody onto them. <laughs> Incredible. So. But this one, honestly, I think I liked this one even more than the TLC match. The TLC was like more high stakes. Obviously, it's the main event, the title's on the line. But... I'm always drawn into wrestling for the stories and for like the emotion behind it. And so when you get sister versus sister, when you get a culmination of nine months of feuding, and when you get mom showing up at ringside and yelling at them and scolding them, that's like the perfect storm. Oh, yeah. Uh, I definitely popped for for mom coming out and and uh, hollering at them and uh Liza Hall is just like, you know what? You're not going to stop us. And then she kept on going. Yeah, that prompted me to look up. I had no idea to this point that their mom, Raven Lake, was a wrestler herself. She wrestled from 1993 to 2018. Back in her time, like in the early 2000s, she wrestled against and teamed up with women like Nicole Matthews, Casey Spinelli, (laughs) And mom wrestled daughter Bambi many times back in uh, 2010, 2011 as well, which kind of, which kind of like makes her a hypocrite to come out here and yell at Liza. It's like, <laughs> hey, you've beaten the crap out of Bambi many times as well. You know what she's like. <laughs> Maybe she's saying only I'm allowed to do that. And this is a fun street fight. You know, we get chairs, we get uh, broom, we get trash can dumped over Liza's head, and then she's hit with a chair. And as we said, we get a table covered in thumbtacks. Liza goes up for a top rope Hurricane Rana, which is just about the worst. I don't know. Maybe she hasn't watched wrestling before, <laughs> but it's like, I know what's hap- I know what's going to happen here. Come on, girl. Sure enough, Bambi powers up, power bombs her sister off the second rope through the thumbtack table for the win. Bambi Hall, your victor. Yeah, great match. Um, very fun. Uh, I'm glad that I was able to see the event before that, where it was, um, you know, a bit of a contested victory um, by Liza. And I, it was exciting that uh, the way that they announced the matches at the previous event at um, NEW11 is that they really made a point uh, to say, we only have a couple matches announced for the next event, but by the end of the night, you're going to know what the whole card is. And uh, that was that was part of it. Well, they haven't updated the official women's division rankings on the NEW website since February. But at the time in February, they had Nicole Matthews ranked number one, obviously. She's a champ. Bambi Hall number two, followed by Cat Power, Liza Hall, and Zoe Sager. Since then... 
Bambi picked up this big win over Liza. So I would imagine she should be the next person in line for a shot at Nicole Matthews in the women's title. I would love that. I'm, I really like Bambi Hall. Um, I saw her at my first event that I went to, which was the NEW 10. And she just stuck out for me um, as someone where I just, I liked her style. I, I liked her moves. And um, it's great that she might, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and, and really look through the, the card for, for all the events that I've been to, but she might be someone that I've seen at every single event that I've been to in Vancouver. And that's uh, six or seven now, I think in the last six months. I don't know if I've, uh, if I mentioned this, but pretty much every NEW match is available on YouTube. Like they don't post them as full shows. They post them as individual matches, but you can pretty much go back and find any of these. You can find them as Noro Suzuki match. You can find all of these matches, the ones we specifically talked about, but also the ones that we kind of like skimmed over. Yeah, it's such a great resource to have and to be able to see it, you know, for free uh, on YouTube. And I'm a big fan of that, and I hope that they continue to do it. This past Friday, May 5th, New ran their second annual Cinco de Mayo show, featured Taryn from Accounting, Izzy McQueen, and the NEW debut of Sandra Moon. That is the most recent NEW show to date. No announcement for New 13 yet, although they've been running pretty much monthly for the most part, like every month or every other month. So you might be looking at uh, June, July probably for the next, I'd say June probably for New 13. Yeah, and I... um... I was excited when I saw that they have previously had an event at Nat Bailey Stadium, and that's not too far from my house. I'll probably walk there if they have an event there again. They've been teasing it on social media that they're going to be having a special summer show happening, and it would really make a lot of sense for it to be that June show, either June or July, um, at Nat Bailey Stadium. It's it's a small um, minor league baseball stadium, and I, there must be footage of it um, on YouTube from their previous events, um, but the ring is right there in the middle of the, the baseball field, and uh, it just seems like such a great environment, you know, get some peanuts and a beer and sit in the bleachers and and have a good time so outdoor wrestling is like my favorite thing i love outdoor shows with the sun absolutely yeah and um (laughs) it makes me think of when i saw those like bash at the beach um like events that wcw did way back um that was the first time that i saw um wrestling happening outdoors maybe it was one of those like Sturgis motorcycle rally events too, or something like oh, yeah. that. Oh yeah, wild. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's just something special about not having a roof on there and and being in the outdoors that just it gives it a special excitement and and buzz to it. 
Well, time will tell who Nicole Matthews will defend the women's championship against at the next show, who will debut for the promotion. To date, they've had 29 different women compete in an NDW ring, which is a lot for a year and a half. Nicole Matthews, Liza Hall, Cat Power, Bambi Hall, Casey Spinelli, and Taryn from Accounting are the the most frequent regulars. Like they're the ones you can expect to see the most. But as I said, Sandra Moon just debuted this past Friday. Maki Ito and Miyu Mashita showed up. Giselle Shaw has made appearances, so you never know who's going to show up. NEW has really, yeah, made it clear that like they're one of the top promotions for women's wrestling in Canada by this point. I'd put them in the top three. With Femme Fatales and... Okay, I put them in the top two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like they have a decent budget and they're willing to bring people in from from all over. And that's what, in my mind, separates them from some of the other promotions that are around locally is that they have a little bit more money to bring in some of the, the bigger acts. That's our show. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to check out NEW, you can... Uh, oh, don't don't Google new, because good luck. Google Nation <laughs> Extreme Wrestling. They're on Twitter. They're on YouTube. You can go check out all those matches that we watched. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, or Patreon at Grit Glitter Pod. Where can they support you? Where can they check out your uh, the records that you release? Uh, LawSoundTapes.com, and we also are on Bandcamp, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, at LawSoundTapes for all of those. Do you have anything uh, exciting coming up in the near future that you can mention? (laughs) I have some really exciting things that I can't mention quite yet, but um, as far as the things that are coming up imminently, um, there's a band called the Ashenden Papers uh, from Sacramento, and they released some seasonal-themed EPs over uh, 2021 and 2022. Uh, they finally compiled them into um, somewhat of an album. I mean, I guess it is very much an album, because <laughs> they didn't include all tracks. There's eight songs, and it's called Nightwalk. Um, that's the most recent one. And uh, I also will be putting out a tape for um, Zowie. And that's uh, Zoe Weiner, who was in the band Half Sour. Uh, they are still a band. They're just uh, on a bit of a slow schedule. They live in different states now. And uh, one of them is a new parent. So they're not as active, which is why Zoe started this new project uh, to have her own outlet uh, for solo music. And that EP is going to be called Beware Magical Thinking. So those are the two that are coming up soonest. Terrific. As for us, we'll be, I will be back next week, most likely with um, maybe somebody else from the Glitterati. And I had such a good time on the west coast let's stick it out let's stay on the west coast travel a bit south 
to West Coast Pro because this weekend it is their Queen of Indies event and that's going to be a big one.